Hello and welcome to Another Way. I'm your host and facilitator, Matt Defina. Here on the podcast, we will explore how you can stop following the script that society has given you and start to create your own. My intention is to stoke your inner fire, expand the possibilities of what your life could look like and help us shift the paradigm for what it means to live a meaningful life. On the podcast, we'll explore ideas and meet pioneers that are challenging the status quo and ultimately help you and me find another way. Before we start, I would also like to acknowledge that this episode was recorded on the land of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. I'd like to pay my respects to elders past, present and emerging and express my hope and desire for us to heal our relationship with this land and with its original custodians. So many things that factor into success, but a couple things that come to mind is like the ability to be a sponge. I was so ready to learn and ready to just receive whatever my leaders told me. Like, I was like, hey, this works. And I said, okay. Today on episode six, I am joined by a very special woman, Jordan Davis. And we met climbing Mount Kilimanjaro last year. And Jordan skipped, hopped, and jumped up Mount Kilimanjaro until the altitude got the better of her. And she had some pretty bad altitude sickness that sucked. But we had the pleasure of having some great conversations on the mountain. And I got to learn more about Jordan's journey. And I was so inspired by the things that she's moved through to get her to where she is today. So I'm really, really excited to share this conversation with you. We recorded this after we'd climbed Kili uh, together in Africa, and it was a really special conversation where Jordan shares more about her journey working in corporate America, and then eventually her choice to look for something more. So she created this desire, this big, bold vision to be able to travel the world and work as a leadership coach, and she approached Jamin and Jen at Mountains and Marathons to work for them and work with them. So she now travels around the world (laughs) running marathons, including the Mont Blanc Marathon, which is pretty epic. You should look it up. And climbing mountains. She's now summited Mount Kilimanjaro three times and been to Mount Everest Base Camp and backpacked the Grand Canyon. She's a very adventurous woman, as you'll see on her Instagram if you follow along. And she's also uh, a yoga teacher and a vocal sound healing therapist. And she started to bring embodiment practices into her work and into her coaching work. She's an incredible woman. She's got an incredible story. She has a lot of wisdom to share in this podcast. And I think you're going to find it really valuable and think that you'll connect a lot with some of the things that she's moved through, the challenges she's moved through. And honestly, it was so inspiring to see what she has created for herself. So I hope you enjoy episode six with Jordan Davis and I'll see you on the other side. One more thing before we dive into the episode. You've heard me talk about this before, but I'm going to mention it again. I am going back to Mount Kilimanjaro this year as a leadership coach to climb Kili again in August. Jordan will be there. Jamin will be there, who many of you have met and heard from already from the first episode of the podcast. And we are looking for inspiring leaders and entrepreneurs and corporate warriors that are looking for the next challenge. So... If you want to come and climb Mount Kilimanjaro this year, let this year be the year. And you can find in the show notes more information about what's involved, 
dates, cost, etc. If you're listening to this, I would so love to be standing at the top of Mount Kilimanjaro with you. This is not just a trek. There will also be three introduction, three community-based calls before we go overseas together. We'll be with 30 inspiring leaders from around the world. We'll be doing intention setting. We'll be doing check-ins. We'll be doing exercises to help you really get clear on why you are choosing this in your life and helping this be a powerful and transformational experience using the Rites of Passage framework. After we summit and after we come off the mountain, we will then be connecting and helping you create a space to powerfully choose what next in your life. So this is another invitation to you. If you are listening, if you want to be climbing Mount Kilimanjaro with myself, Jordan and Jamin in August this year, jump in the show notes, click on the link, send me a message. I would so love to chat with you. Enjoy. So today I am very excited to be joined by Jordan on the podcast. We are currently in a villa in Africa, in Arusha, uh, Tanzania, and I'm really excited to have Jordan on because of her story, but we've also just climbed Mount Kilimanjaro together. And so I want to talk a bit more about not the whole experience, but how we know each other um, and also just introduce everyone to you. So Jordan was a really successful corporate what do you call it? Corporate manager, leader? Yeah, I was in senior leadership for about 10 years in corporate America. Yeah, mm. awesome. And then basically had this moment of going, what am I doing with my life? Is this really what it's all about? Yeah. And then made a big choice to change things. And we're going to go on that journey with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's really cool to be to be talking to you today and to have you on. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, it's good to be here. Mm. Thanks awesome. for having me. <laughs> um, so how we know each other. I mean, we literally climbed Kili. And we've been living together the last few weeks as well. Um, been a pretty funny way to get to know each other, hasn't it? <laughs> it's been a deep dive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I've heard I heard about you for many months before the climb and like had heard about you through Jamin and through Jen and Angie and heard incredible things about who you are in the world and um and yeah, I was really inspired to meet you finally in person. We had a couple chats before coming and mm. um, doing Kilimanjaro together. So that was really cool to connect beforehand. And yeah, it was incredible to have this experience together. And it's been quite the journey um, since then being here in Arusha. And I've enjoyed getting to know you even more. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And for those of you that don't know the people that Jordan just mentioned, <laughs> <laughs> they're all old friends of mine, um, some ex-colleagues as well from from Melbourne, from the Man Cave and um yeah, really special. So I'd also heard a lot about you, mainly because of how much of a kick-ass employed staff and you are at Mountains and Marathons <laughs> and just like the travel and choices you've made, you know, chatting to Jamin. It was pretty incredible to hear about it. So yeah, it's cool. It's cool. And thanks also for inviting me to co-work and live with you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because I plan on just leaving after Kilimanjaro mm-hmm. and going to the USA and continuing my trip. But you were like, hey, how would you feel about being here for another month and living and working with us together? Yeah, which is kind of just what you do now, isn't it? Yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> I love creating experiences like that. Yeah. I mean, I love living solo, don't get me wrong, but it's really, really fun to be in a space co-living, co-working, and co-creating with other really extraordinary human beings and mm. getting to bounce ideas off each other and have good conversations and share experiences together. And yeah, it's been really beautiful to be here with you and with Jamin and sharing this time in a beautiful villa um, yeah. here in Arusha. Yeah. yeah. Uh, look, I'm going to come clean as well. 
we have spent the last hour trying to find the right location for this podcast. We set up outside and then the village was making lots of noise and the yep. wind picked up. So for those of you listening, you might be aware of this for those of you watching, you will be. We're sitting in front of a brick wall, which is a real shame. Because in our this, kitchen. In our kitchen. And we're surrounded by pillows because I'm trying to manage the echo in the room. Um, but this is just what you do when you've got a traveling podcast. Yeah. So yeah, make it happen. We just make it happen. Um, let's, let's roll in from what you're talking about before. Well, I'd love for you just to share a bit more about what you do, what your life looks like now. Just, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the story in a minute, but like, what do you actually do? Who is Jordan? Can you explain a bit more about your life to us? Yeah. Um, who is Jordan? I am... For work, I'm a leadership coach. Um, for work and pleasure, honestly. <laughs> um, I'm a leadership coach within Mountains and Marathons. And uh, Mountains and Marathons is a company that I've been, and I'll share more about the journey before, but I was originally a client and went through a six-month leadership program with them and was so inspired by um, the journey that I experienced in the transformation that I reached out to Jamin and Jen about a year after my um, six-month program and expressed my desire to be a part of the business. And um, I won't go into all the details, but I've been working for the company for now for a little over two years. Um, I also um, travel full-time, and that has been a dream of mine for probably over 12 years and I pulled the trigger in March of 2022 to sell all my things and go fully nomadic, traveling and working and living around the world. I've now lived in roughly 14 different countries over the last um, year and a half, and it's been an epic journey, and I don't see myself stopping anytime soon. <laughs> I absolutely love it. Um, yeah, and I'm a forever student of life. You know, I love being able to learn new things and um, try new things and experience new cultures and places and environments. So I feel like I'm fulfilling on um, all the things that really inspire me in this life and living my life fully in this moment. Mm. It feels really good because <laughs> it hasn't always been that way. Yes, I know. I know. <laughs> well, I know from what you've told me, and we're definitely going to get to that. But before mm. we do, so you've lived in 14 different countries. Yeah, you, give or take a few. <laughs> give or take a few. That's okay. That's more than most. Um, you packed up your life in mm. March 2022. Yeah. And got on the road. Like, before we jump into the backstory <laughs> and everything yeah. else, could you just explain that? Because I think for a number of people that are probably listening, that is a dream, mm. but there's so many of my, us, myself included, um, that would never actually take the shot on that. So mm. uh, how, how, is this, how does this work? <laughs> well, there's a lot that I'm went into it. I'm asking for myself as well. Yeah. How does like, it actually work of like living nomadically and traveling yeah. or like what did it take to make that decision and take the leap to start? I want to talk about both, okay. but let's start with the first one. Like, yeah. what does it look like? How do you, how does your, what does your life actually look like? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been an interesting journey because there's a lot more flexibility that I have now mm. versus when I lived in, um, when I lived in, when I worked in corporate America and, um, 
and I've been playing with it for the last year and a half of like what what works and what doesn't work. And typically, you know, I work a relatively full full uh, work schedule, you know, 30 to 40 hours a week, roughly, sometimes more, sometimes less, depending. Um, but I do create a lot of space for dedicated work, but also a lot of space of exploring and being um, tapped into different areas and environments. One thing that has been a journey for me is really distinguishing like, this is my life and this is not me traveling the world and being a tourist constantly. And I can be in a location and sure there might be desire to go do this and go see this and go experience this, but I also have to really be dedicated to staying in a routine um, that keeps me sane, it keeps me on track, it keeps me, you know, continuing to experience success within business. And so I've, I've had to navigate that. Like, how much time do I allot to going out and you know, exploring the area? And how much time do I allot to like staying in a good routine? And so it's been a journey of finding balance in that. And um, yeah, I can go into more details if you desire, but that's that pretty much sums it up. <laughs> yeah. And one thing I appreciate, which you've helped me with these last few weeks mm -hmm. as I experiment with the nomad life mm -hmm. is the mindset shift from holiday to this is my life now. Yeah. How, how did you make that shift? Like, do you remember a specific moment where you had to catch yourself being on holiday while you're meant to be working or like, how did you actually shift your mindset across to that, that way of life or that way of living? Mm. Yeah. Um, that's a good question. I started out the first three months that I was nomadic, I was working part-time and I did that intentionally so I could really ease into this lifestyle and sort of find myself again because I had I had put so much of my identity into who I was in corporate America and so much of my value and like worth um, in what I was doing in life. And so for the first three months, I really focused in on like, how can I be more in life and how can I... Um, do things that fill up my cup versus um, just constantly having to be like in achiever mode and doing mode. And so that was one of the first stages. And then I experienced this desire to go out and explore and like tick all the boxes. Like I'm in this location, I need to, or I have to, or I should go see all these places and go tick all the boxes that tourists would. And I started to realize like I was getting out of balance because I was spending more time doing that than actually like making progress on the beingness of, of being me and being able to um, also balance that with actually getting some work done. <laughs> so I had to like take a pause and be like, okay, how can I make this sustainable? Um, because it's not sustainable to go out and venture out into the world and experience like tourist activities every single day of the week. And so I, I dedicated two days a week to exploration and I would put those on my calendar and it would be different days each week, but I would have dedicated time to doing and getting work done, dedicated time to, you know, exploring my curiosity, exploring my highest excitement in the, in the, in the moment, doing things for my health and wellness, and then also have time dedicated to going out and ticking the boxes and experiencing the things that I really felt that I wanted to experience in that particular location. Um, and so, yeah, that's been really helpful for me to make sure like it's all kind of on my calendar. It's all dedicated time 
but everything's in balance. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I like that mindset shift and yeah. how you've implemented it as well. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about why. <laughs> what why did you choose this life? You know, mm. what what was what was happening in your life before leading up to this point where you went, you know what? This is what I want to do. You know, can you take us on the journey of of how you got here? Yeah. Yeah. Um it's so funny because I'm thinking in my mind what came through for me right when you asked that question was like I didn't choose this life. This life chose me, <laughs> which is yeah, gangster. So, much, so much true, but also like I chose this life. Yeah, can you speak into that? And so when I say this life chose me, it was a burning desire in my heart from the age of, I'd say, 19. So I actually was meant to, oh, I was in my sophomore year at Arizona State, and I was meant to do an exchange program in um, Brighton, England at the University of Sussex. And I had everything mapped out, like the classes that I was going to be in. Um, it was like a later start than Arizona State. And I knew who my roommate was going to be. I had sold my car. I um, quit my job. I didn't sign up for uh, courses at Arizona State, of course, because I was going to going to England had a, my going away party, all the things. And two weeks before I was meant to leave, I got a letter from the embassy, the UK embassy, saying, hey, your visa is denied. And my heart sunk. And I was so devastated. I actually remember being in a bed with a couple of my friends who were just holding me as I weeped because I was so devastated. I was meant to spend nine months of my life. And I was like, what do I what do I do now? So I kind of, after I was like done crying and feeling sorry for myself, I was like, okay, no, I'm going to make this happen. And then I was like, well, how can I do an expedited visa? And they're like, we actually don't do expedited visas for declined uh, visas. I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> I did all the things. I, I mean, there's a whole story of me having to drive down to Tucson from Phoenix to try to get the visa and da, 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 da. Um, but eventually I just felt this like, this is a door that has closed and I have to trust it. And it was really devastating, but I picked myself up. I signed up for late start classes at ASU um, and I found an apartment. I bought a new car and I ended up finding a job at a place, a sales and marketing company in Gilbert, Arizona. And that was the job that I started my sales career at and spent the next six years. But I'll circle back. So what ended up happen happening with my plane tickets was I transferred the, my plane ticket to be later in the summer that I was meant to go um, come back and so that I would have a month in Europe. And I did that. I was 20 years old. I went to Europe. I did a Kentucky tour. And uh, you may be familiar with that. <laughs> it's very yep. popular for Australians. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> plenty of Aussies on Kentucky tours. Plenty of Aussies. They were a good time. Uh, <laughs> um, and I fell in love with travel. We actually, it was a really intense experience. We traveled to 11 countries in 20 days. It was the first time I had ever been really out of the country other than Mexico. And um, there was, I spent a couple days solo and I was terrified, but also loved this feeling of being anonymous in a city and being able to do whatever I was felt like what felt called to do. 
And so I fell in love with travel. And so ever since that time, um, I felt this calling to travel and to explore the world. And um, then I, I got a job. <laughs> and... I did really well <laughs> and I started making really good money and I um, put it on the back burner. Yeah. And even though it was a lingering like desire in my heart for a long time and I did take a couple months here and there, a couple weeks here and there to explore the world and travel, it was this desire that I felt, well, maybe it's just not for me. Um, and then one day I decided that, yeah, it, it was. It was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so before we get to that moment, that was epic. And we've we've had a lot of conversations this last month and I love that I didn't even know that stuff. That was great. Um, walk me through your career, your, your corporate career and, and you know, the different chapters that, that that had before you got to this point of making the choice that you made. Yeah, it's quite the journey. Oh, my gosh. Um, you know, a lot of people have a like a bad it's like corporate it's a bad rep and it's like oh like corporate world da, 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 da. I'm like I had such a tremendous experience for a very long time I was lit up and inspired by my corporate career and I grew like a weed <laughs> like so fast and was so fortunate to have so many incredible mentors around me and people who supported me along the way. And so I look back at my corporate career and just have so much positivity and like gratitude for it. Um, and how I got into it was kind of funny. Like I never ever thought that I would be in sales. Um, at the time I was going to school at ASU for philosophy and I was thinking, you know, maybe I'll be a philosophy professor one day or I had a lot of ideas. But um, anyways, I got this, this role after everything didn't work out with um, England and it was a receptionist position. And at the time, like before I was working as a server and um, like a breakfast joint. Mm -hmm. And I was just really happy to not wear an apron and get syrup and pancakes all over me. I was like, I'm just complete with that part of my life. I'm done. I'm ready to have an office job. And I was really excited by that. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I started working full time as a receptionist, um, answering calls. And within two weeks, actually, one of the recruiters um, came to me and said, hey, we think you would be great in sales. And I'm like, well, what makes you say that? And they're like, you know, your disc profile. Uh, it's a behavioral assessment. And um, I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and they're like, would you like to try? I go, sure, yeah, I'll give it a try. So I went through training and I got onto the sales floor. And like, mind you, I'm 19 years old. This is the first time I've ever done sales, phone sales. And um, like most of the individuals in the sales department were like, 30-something, 40-something or older, senior sales, like mm. have been in it the first week. What was the, like, was there more men or women? What was the makeup? Um, mostly men, mostly yeah. men um, and all men in leadership at that point. And there were some women, there were some women, but most of the women were actually in the receptionist position that I was in as well. Um, okay. So here, See, the scene so, is painted. So here I yeah. come. Um, and the first week I was number one in sales. 
first week. And I'm like, that was easy. <laughs> Everyone's like, who is this girl? What, what happened? What's going on? Um, and I was like, wow, this is so easy and fun. And I just leaned into it and experienced a tremendous amount of success in my sales role and worked really hard and, you know, leveraged my, my leaders and mentors to learn and basically just follow the script. I mean, that really was it, but also brought my flavor to it. Um, yeah. And then I was really inspired. I started helping others who were new to the role. More receptionists started to get promoted after me because they're like, oh, there's something here. And more individuals started doing well. And so then um, I was really inspired to join leadership and support and like training and developing. So I went and told my manager, like, hey, I'm inspired to take the next step in my career. I, I really want to um, become a manager. And I just got so much support in that endeavor. And they placed me into a trainer role and, you know, supporting people as they're moving out of training and then eventually got moved on to the sales floor and led a team, which was a, a interesting experience being a relatively new um, young woman in a sales environment managing senior, like seasoned sales reps. Um, but it worked and my teams were generally at the top of the, the leaderboard. And eventually I uh, moved into a director of sales position at that company and started leading the sales managers. And um, honestly, I thought that I was going to fly like like right into the sunset at that company. And um, it was like either the ship's going down or I'm sailing into the sunset and like becoming a CEO one day. Um, I was like really inspired to continue to climb and grow and support the business. And I had a lot of my heart and soul. Like it really felt like it was my baby. Watched the company grow from like 50 employees all the way up to like 400 employees um, over the course of the years. And it was really, really special to be a part of. Um, and then the company got acquired by another business and I wasn't lit up by the idea of moving into that um, into that business. And so I decided, hey, I think it's time to like move on, take some time off. I set the intention to go traveling for three to six months. I went and got my yoga teacher certification, started teaching yoga. I just kind of took a break and like started pouring into myself and traveled a little bit here and there. And then I got um, a message from a, a recruiter at another company and something in me said, okay, this is your time, like go to that other company. It was really exciting. And so I did and spent the next five years there. Um, yeah, so it's, and through that business, moved out to Nashville from Phoenix, moved into a senior sales leader um, as well. And there's a lot, a lot to share about that time of my life, but it's, um, I hit a moment in my career where, you know, I had moved through a lot of adversity within that business. I had had incredible mentors and leaders as well and had a tremendous amount of success. I got my final promotion. Like I had gotten really good at climbing the corporate ladder. You know, in that business, I started from ground zero again, sales rep, moved to team lead, moved to sales manager, and then senior leader, senior um, sales manager. And I had been working towards that for quite some time. And I got there and I felt this weird feeling. I was like, huh, like I am grateful. It was 2020 during COVID and I'm getting a promotion. 
and a raise? Like, what? I'm so grateful. Why am I not more excited? Why am I not more like fulfilled? And really what it, it felt like I had been climbing a ladder. And when I reached the top, I realized like the ladder had been placed up against the wrong wall. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, okay. Maybe I need to reassess <laughs> what I'm doing because I've just been hell bent on climbing corporate ladders and being successful and, you know, having the title and making the money and, and making the impact too. Like that really fulfilled me and that's what kept me going for so long. Um, but eventually I realized that I was working for something that I didn't really believe in anymore. Um, and I felt really limited in my, my personal expression within corporate America. I felt really boxed in to what I was capable of doing within a, a sales leadership role in coaching others. Um, there was so much more that I wanted to bring into that role that f felt a little restricted in a corporate environment. And I'm like, okay, I think it's time. <laughs> I think it's time. But actually making the decision to take the leap was really challenging. <laughs> So how long was your career up to that point? You started when you were 19. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How long how long was this time period over? Yeah, like in over I was in corporate for 12 years. Um and I was in leadership roles for a decade. Yeah. Just first of all, incredible career <laughs> for a 20-year-old to have. Yeah. yeah, I love that. Uh and so so when you got to the top of the ladder and you realized it was up against the wrong wall, what did you do then? Mm. cried a lot <laughs> <laughs> yeah what was your yeah. experience so I I had started to feel like this uh, like unfulfilled is the word that I will use uninspired and what really kept me motivated was my team you know the people that I was working with I, I worked with incredible humans and that really kept me going um, but over time like the the actual like what I was doing from day to day uh, or held accountable to from day to day became and and really like the what who I was working not necessarily who I was working for but like what I was the industry I was working in while it was an incredible company an incredible product I wasn't lit up by it um, I wasn't inspired by it and what I have found in my career is that in order to be successful in in sales and business there has to be belief you have to, there has to be like belief that backs it like that's when you really find success is when when you have um this strong belief in the product and so i've always like kept that in mind and i just felt like over time that belief started to dwindle mm -hmm. for me and then my yeah my fire started to fizzle out and so what really propelled me forward in making the decision to take the leap and leave was moving through the Align Leadership Program with Mountains and Marathons. Um, in 2019, it was, yeah, I was finding success in career, but again, feeling unfulfilled and, and really desiring my, actually my inquiry to Mountains and Marathons was, I was looking to bridge the gap between my skill sets and business operations, sales, and my passions of travel and being in nature and having adventure and supporting others in self-development. And I was really like, wow, I would love to bridge that gap, but I had no idea how. 
And I found, I got an ad on Facebook, which I never really engage with ads. I'm not, I'm just like normally like no, swipe. I don't think many people do, yeah, but yeah. Like, but, <laughs> but I was, it was Everspace Camp. It was like Everspace Camp. And it was the same image that was on my vision board on my desk at work. And I was like, whoa, this is weird. Like, who else am I going to climb Everspace Camp with? I don't know many people in my circles that would really desire to do that with me. And this is big on my bucket list. And then it also was a leadership program. I'm like, I'm a leader. Like, yeah. <laughs> and so I inquired. It just felt like this knowing. It felt like this something was pulling my heart forward towards it. And then I got on a call with Jamin for the first time. And I was actually driving on the way to Target. <laughs> Not ideal. Like, but we went, moved into conversation. I had totally forgot about the appointment. And I'm like, okay, yeah, but we can have a conversation now. I'm, I'm driving to Target. You know, tell me about it. <laughs> and then... Then I actually got on a call with him and Jen, and that's when I knew. Like, I knew this was the program for me. I actually had no idea what, what we would actually do over the course of the six months, but I knew that I was meant to, to be there. And um, it was a really challenging decision for me because it was a five-figure investment, and I had never invested that much money in myself other than, you know, a, a car um, <laughs> that, that's about it. <laughs> and, um, so yeah, it, it was a really edgy decision. Like I had the money to invest in myself, but actually taking, like saying yes to making that, like sending over the wire transfer and being like, okay, oh my gosh, it's going to Australia. Do I trust these people? Who are these people? Are they going to take my money and run? Like what's going to happen? So it took a high level of trust and, um, yeah, you know, now I call it like my intuitive sense of like, it was just a yes. And I, and I leaned in and it changed everything. Um, so before we, before we go down that road, cause when we go down that road, I want to make sure we've, we've got all the things, a few, a few questions just on reflection. Um, I'm, I'm curious, like you obviously were really successful in sales. You, you said a hint of what the secret is but before we go anywhere else like well what, what, what was the secret to your success not so much just in your career but like with the sales side of things because it sounds like it came really naturally to you um, but like what did you learn along the way yeah so I mean there's so much so many things that factor into success but a couple things that come to mind is like the ability to be a sponge I was so ready to learn and ready to just receive whatever my leaders told me. Like, I was like, hey, this works. And I said, okay, I'm going to use this. <laughs> and, and so that was like, yeah, be a sponge, be willing to be coached, um, to receive feedback and apply it. That's one. Um, in sales to um, one of my one of my coaches actually shared this with me. He's like, you know, what I observe in you, Jordan, and why I think you're so successful at this role in sales is that you're not afraid of the no. And I'm like, ah, oh, that's interesting. And I think there's something to that. It's like there's this, yeah, of course it doesn't feel good to get no's and be rejected. There's a lot of rejection, especially in sales. You're getting hung up on, you're getting cussed at, you're getting like, um, and told no time and time again. And so it's like the ability to roll that off 
my shoulder and like not take it so personally and to, um, yeah, to move on quickly. And so to be like adaptive and also have resilience and perseverance in the face of, of challenge. And so that's another one. Um, and I think the final thing I'll say is the level of care. When I look back at my career, um, I really poured my heart into what I did. And I mean, my the first thing I ever sold over the phone was ADT security systems. And What's that? It's a security system for a house. Right. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a, I don't know, like for me, I wasn't like inspired by security systems or excited by security systems. But what really got me going was the idea and belief of like, I'm supporting someone feeling safe, keeping their family safe, having peace of mind. Um, and over time, I started to have more data points for that. People would call me back and say, thank you so much because this happened and it prevented this or, you know, the medical device button helped my husband and like, and so really like finding like that aspect of it that really motivates and drives me is important. It's like, why do I back this? And so that's why with mountains and marathons, it's really easy for me to now like be in business with mountains and marathons because I believe in the mission and the vision and what we do so much that it's so easy for me to talk about it and to share about it and to um, encourage others to take the leap and say yes. Um, so yeah, did that answer your question? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't going to sit sit with you having just told me how you had this amazing sales career and not ask you <laughs> for some some tips on it yeah. because it's there's I mean, sales techniques too I can tell yeah, you about but you know it really it's, it comes down to heart. Yeah. Yeah. Well yeah. said. Yeah. Okay. So you had this amazing sales career. You then got to the top of the ladder at two businesses, realized that you wouldn't, you didn't really care that much about it in, in anymore. You'd proven that you could be successful. And then this ad pops up on Facebook for Everest Base Camp. And you just had this feeling of yes. So I want to ask you about that as well, because this idea of an intuitive yes or a full body yes, or just this knowing what what is that and and how how did you know that it wasn't just you going for another thing and you know it wasn't just another achievement you were chasing like what talk talk me through this intuitive decision making process that you've you've tapped into yeah um for me it was this level of peaceful excitement like it was this like oh this is edgy but it wasn't anxious feelings it was this ooh, it's something's pulling me forward ooh, like I feel called and it felt very heart um, heart led and yeah I mean what I I call it now because I've, I've I feel over the last five years I've really done a lot of work with getting connected to my intuition and building relationship with um with that and learning to trust my intuition more and more. Oftentimes it was because I, I failed to listen to it and then like situations happen and I'm like, oh shit, I knew that. I knew that already. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, it's, it's the following the curiosity. It's like that feeling of curiosity. It's that feeling of inspiration. It's that feeling of this knowing. And I can't really explain it, but I just know this is right. And I knew it was not just something I was doing again or like another thing to, to tackle because it was so new. Like it was the, that was the first really program that I was ever really a part of. I had started to dabble in the realm of self-development and going to a couple seminars and, you know, following some coaches and reading books and listening to podcasts. But that was really the first time that I had ever really even thought about taking the next step to really put in time and energy into my self-development and not like business and growth within a professional mindset. So yeah, I was just annoying. Knew it, just knew it. <laughs> well, I want to pause on this bit because it's something that that I've had to work on as well, right? Mm. It's like it's it's quite hard to know, mm. and uh, I'm not going to share my story now. And most a lot of people already know that might be listening, but to to be able to distinguish between what is a yes that is actually a part of me that's trying to get safety and trying to get um, certainty about the future and and just seeking this control versus this other part of me that is like, it's almost like the way I relate to it is the way I might hold a rock. It's like the the, the wrong way, inverted commas wrong way, is to like grab the rock and be like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get that. I'm going to do that. The, the other way is like sort of just open the hand and like the rock's just there. It's like, yeah, this is, this feels right. Yeah. And with the open hand approach, you know, let's say it's a bird instead of a rock, <laughs> the bird, the bird can fly, fly away. And so, you can, so it's just ease of allowing things to come and go and like, oh no, this feels good. This feels right. Oh, I can feel I'm grabbing for that now, but it takes a lot of work to, to, it's almost like tuning into the body as an instrument to actually, you know, get it tuned in. And for me, that's taken years and it's taken trust and a whole bunch of letting go. Did you go through that process as well? Or was it as simple as, Yes, every space camp's it. Yeah, I. What came through for me just now is I had spent most of my twenties with this mantra of "make it happen." Like that was my mantra: "make it happen." And I got really good at making it happen. Um, and there was something to this program that I didn't really. Like it was like it sparked a level of curiosity in me because I had no idea what would be on the other side of it. There's a level of trust of, yeah, this is where I'm meant to step and I don't know what's going to happen and it's not about making anything happen but actually just being along for the journey and being along for the ride and trusting whatever unfolds. And that's when a lot of, you know, I had been through a moment of time where I was really trying to break away from this make it happen mentality. And then my new mantra was let life unfold. And so that kind of when the ad popped up and it was the same photo as my, the picture on my vision board, I was like, that's not a coincidence. Like that's a sign. I really started getting into signs and like trusting the signs that showed up. I'm like, Okay, like I'm going to lean into that and see what unfolds. Mm. And that that was kind of what helped me make a decision because I had already decided that I was shifting my mindset to 
instead of making things happen, like trusting and like letting things unfold. And I just felt like it was one of those things that I was meant to see unfold. Mm. And it did. Cool. <laughs> All right. One last question okay. on this. And then I promise we're going to get to the story because I want to hear it. Uh, were there any books, people, movies? Like what, what came into your space that helped you with the reframe or mm -hmm. that helped you start to notice the patterns or the, the, the omens or, you know, what, what, was, what, what were you consuming at the time that actually supported some of this or was it just you, just yourself working it out? That's good. This is reminding me of a story. So I had been doing some traveling in Europe with a friend and I was sitting at the airport in Greece and we're waiting for our flight and I was listening to a podcast and I actually don't remember what the podcast was, but I do remember um, it was an Australian woman who was being interviewed and she was talking all about the new way. Um, and I honestly can't remember what the podcast was even about, but I just remember feeling this resonance and feeling deep curiosity to explore more. And then she started talking about this event that she was running. And I'm like, of course, it's going to be in Australia. <laughs> podcast is probably like old and the events already happened. Turns out <laughs> she lived in Scottsdale, Arizona and was holding the event um, in Scottsdale, which was 20 minutes away from where I lived in Arizona. And the event was only a week after I got back from Europe. And so I was like, Whoa. okay, universe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I immediately bought, bought my tickets to go to this uh, two-day event. And it completely shifted my entire world. And I went alone. I didn't know anyone at that time. I didn't really have any friends that I felt maybe this was a projection. It was likely a projection. I could have totally invited people into this world. Um, but, there, but there was also just this choice of like, I'm going to go it alone and I'm going to go and see and experience this by myself. And it changed me at a cellular level. Um, and I really, the woman's name is Peta Kelly. Um, she's incredible. And Preston Smiles was there and Lexi Panos. And this was like, can't even remember the timeline, but it was kind of mid 2000s. So yeah, it was way, maybe 2000 and, hmm, 10? I don't know. I can't remember the dates. Oh, a while ago. <laughs> yeah, it was a while ago. Oh, wow. Um, and so maybe a little bit later than that. Mm. But anyways, um, yeah, it completely shifted my, my worldview of like what's possible. Mm -hmm. And I met some really cool people along the way as well. And so I kept kind of following the breadcrumbs after that of just, the you know, I know you know that language very well. <laughs> <laughs> the the, yeah. the cosmic breadcrumbs, the cosmic as I like breadcrumbs. to refer to them. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, Hansel, just Hansel and Gretel, just <laughs> exactly. following the breadcrumbs. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that was one breadcrumb that I followed, and then mm -hmm. I continued to follow her. And um, Brene Brown is another one that I was really diving into in her podcasts, and um, Elizabeth Gilbert, and um, I mean, there's so many. Um, Gab Gabrielle Bernstein, um, yeah, the universe has your back, and just diving into the world of what it means to like follow my intuition and what it means to relate to my emotions. And yeah, I learned a lot about myself during that period and started to shift my, my worldview. And um, that's when I really started to tap into like, oh, like this could be a path for me. Like this could be a direction. And 
but then a lot came up for me in that like who am I mm. to step into this world of self-development like oh like a lot of worthiness started to come up and so I just played in the podcasts and the books for a while and mm. and um yeah does that answer your question yeah that was great <laughs> and now you're on a podcast and now I'm on a podcast <laughs> so it's time it's time it's time it's okay. time Okay, so you saw the ad. This is time. This is, it, it is time. So you saw the ad, you got on the call, you transferred the money, you mm-hmm. thought, am I going to lose my money? Am I going to lose this? Yeah. Tell us the story. What happened? What happened? A lot happened. Um, the most impactful thing is I got really, really clear during the six months um, working with Jamin and Jen. And it was that I was clear that my time in corporate America had an expiration date. And at that point, I didn't, that, that really was <laughs> super confronting. Um, and I didn't know what that date was. I just knew that there was one. And yeah, super confronting because I had wrapped my entire identity around it. And I've got a lot of validation from being a leader and being successful and um, also supporting others to be successful. Like one of my favorite parts of being a leader within the organization was supporting others to grow in their leadership and to take that next step and to move through, you know, any of their doubts and fears and concerns about what it would take for them to be a leader in, in that world. And so I actually really loved that aspect of it. And was like, what the what the fuck else am I gonna do? This is all I know. This is what I'm good at. This is what keeps you know the bills paid and then some, and keeps me like living comfortably and being able to do things. And like my my family is all really proud of me and what I've accomplished. And yeah, it was just a lot of noise. Like, who am I outside of Jordan, the sales leader um, in corporate America? And what would that even look like? And through the support with Jamin and Jen and through the program, you know, I just, I learned how to trust, like trust in this desire on my heart and not having to know the specifics about how it's all going to play out, but actually play in the field of possibility to dream big and to really feel into, and this is what what Align is all about is, being able to strip away all of our the doubts about what is possible for us, um, strip away our limitations, and actually say, like, if I could do anything, if I really could do anything and nothing was going to stop me, if I could do anything and I knew the answer would be yes, like, what would I actually be doing? Who would I be? How would I be operating in the world? What would I be creating? And I wrote a 12-page document that outlined that. That was one of the, the first things that we did. And, I, and I, it poured out of me. I was like, what I needed to do? Like, I was just, <laughs> I would do this and this and this. And I would be traveling and I would be, you know, leading. And I would be, um, you know, working and living and, you know, playing around the world full time and just helping others and inspiring others to do the same and, I got done with the writing aspect of it, which was easy. It poured out of me. And then I got on a coaching call with Jamin and Jen. 
And they're like, okay, read it. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I physically couldn't read it. Wow. I started bawling. I was like, I can't. I can't read it. I like, I'm tapping into the emotions right now of like how, like, oh my God, I just wrote this beautiful, <laughs> inspired vision of my life. Why can't I read it? <laughs> and yeah, I was like, all this, uh, who am I to live this life? And like, um, you're not worthy of that. <laughs> you're not good enough. I was butting up against so many limiting beliefs and um, doubts and fears and concerns and like, what if I fail? And and so it was really hard for me to, I finally did read it, <laughs> cried through it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, and then it just felt so liberating. And then I knew that like, that's where the work begun. That's when the work really began because it was like, what do I need to clear? What do I need to transform and heal like parts of myself that feel undeserving of this life, that feel unworthy of this life, that feel that I'm not good enough for this life? And that's the work that we did together throughout Align. Um, and a lot of that work was um, inner child work. I call my little inner child, little girl Jordan Belly out. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> she is a firecracker and she was so like such a ham on the camera and like just so full of life. And also I know that there was parts of her that were really scared and struggling through life and moved through so much and developed over time this feeling of not being important, not being good enough, not being pretty enough, not being thin enough, da da da, da like all the stories. And so, yeah, I spent a lot of time with her and healing. Um, and eventually, over time, in doing the work, it felt more and more, like, available. Like, I'm like, oh, this feels possible. Um, but I still didn't know how it would all play out. Um, but anyway, I moved through the program and did some really deep work with Jamin and Jen. Um, and went to Everspace Camp and had an incredible experience to graduate from the program. Had incredible conversations. I remember being like walking through the Himalayas, having conversations with Jamin, conversations with Jen about like the possibilities, like what could I create that would bridge the gap between my skill sets, my passions, that would allow me to leverage all the things that I learned in my corporate life but like able to shift it in a new direction and then also like back it with all this passion and like love for life and adventure and travel and um, that I had and the spirit that was in me and still is. And so, yeah, a lot of creative conversations. Um, and after that trek, Jamin and Jen asked me to go to lunch the next day after the retreat had finished. And at that um at that lunch, they invited me to join them to climb Mount Kilimanjaro. They're like, hey, we would love for you to be retreat support in January. I'm like, ooh, <laughs> January. That's like 
a few months away. I don't know if I can take the time off of work. And then I have all these stories like time off of work and, you know, PTO, da, da, da. Like, what would my corporate job think of me taking another few weeks to go climb another mountain? Um, so I actually declined. Um, and I didn't end up climbing Kilimanjaro in 2020. Um, but what did happen in 2020 is that eventually, like, after, you know, the world kind of did its thing <laughs> and... Um, I shifted to being working remote um, with the company that I was working with, which we had never, I'd always wanted to work remote, but I knew that it would never happen in the company that I was working for. And I just kind of accepted that, but it was a desire on my heart. And then lo and behold, we all went remote. And um, then I started being like, okay, well, I'm going to start traveling. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take advantage of this. <laughs> and like, I'm not going to let my work slide for it, but I'm going to go travel. And I, and I, so I did that. And, um, anyway, in 2020, I got this nudge in my heart and something hit me one morning. It was like, you need to reach out to Jamin and Jen. You're meant to work at Mount, mountains and marathons. And I'm like, huh? Like, and I'm like, oh, this is, this is edgy. I mean, this is, really edgy. Jamin and Jen are the only ones that work at mountains and marathons. I have no idea if they're even looking to expand, desire to expand. Like what would I, what would I do? But I decided to schedule the call anyway and tell them what was on my heart. And that conversation was really beautiful. I mean, they received it so well, you know, I shared, Hey, like I have it on my heart that I'm meant to come work for mountains and marathons. And I'm really inspired by this vision and mission. And I know the transformation that I've moved through in the six months. I've witnessed transformation in others who I've met through the graduate community. And this is something that I can back full-heartedly. And I want to put my skill sets and support this business to grow and to be able to impact more leaders around the world because this is something meaningful. And I love you both. And I would be like thrilled to work with you. And they received it with such, um, you know, humility and receptivity and also told me, like, we don't have anything right now. But if we do, you know, you'll be the first on our list. And two months later, I got the call. And they're like, hey, we have something for you. <laughs> I'm like, what? They're like, it's way below your pay grade. <laughs> <laughs> but we are looking to ha hire a, um, basically a business assistant for like five to 10 hours a week, would you be interested? And the way that Jamin and Jen will say it is that they hired their, the most overqualified business assistant <laughs> that they ever had at that point, which I don't, I don't feel like that's actually relevant, but it's, um, it's a funny story because they're like, we have to create a position for Jordan. And I'm so grateful that they did. Um, and... Yeah. And so I said, yes. And I ended up starting to work five to 10 hours a week on top of being a sales manager. Um, and then over time that unfolded to like 15 hours a week and then 20 hours a week. So as you can imagine, like I was working a lot um, and I was, you know, managing a team and there's a lot of stressors with that and like being available constantly at work and working at least 40 to 50 hours, sometimes more in that realm, and then mountains and marathons on top of that. And for a while, it was manageable. Um, and then after some time, I'd, I was experiencing deep burnout. 
And what I was experiencing was I was holding one, one um, aspect of my life where I wasn't inspired any longer, but it was actually like what was serving like to keep the bills paid and, you know, serving my like, um, like this idea of success. Um, and then I was doing something that I was really inspired by, but I'm like, I don't know if this is sustainable. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so I was really struggling through that. And I got to the point, I remember one night I was on a call. It was with the Align Leadership Group, Kilimanjaro 2022. And I was sharing about how to prep for Kilimanjaro because I had done it a year earlier in 2021 for the first time as a retreat support. I ended up doing it. (laughs) (laughs) A year later. A year later. (laughs) And wires weren't, like my brain wasn't working. (laughs) I'm like actually just tapping into the experience of like how it felt right now. And I can kind of feel a little bit jumbled in my, in my body and like in my mind and my brain, like I felt like I couldn't make words out on the call and I'm generally pretty articulate and generally pretty quick and generally can hold a space and talk on, um, talk in front of a group. That's what I did every single day. Um, but yeah, I just was like, something's not firing in my brain. I feel like something's off. Something's wrong with me. And I end the call and I just started crying and I called Jamin. I was like, something's wrong with me. Like, I can't, like my brain's not working. Like I can't even like put words together, it feels like. And it feels like I'm slurring. And he's like, oh yeah, you're, you're burnt out. I'm like, I'm like oh, that's it. <laughs> Okay. And for most of 2021, I had been in a serious, like, internal debate with myself and, like, when I was going to leave corporate, when would I actually take the leap? Um, And there's a lot of factors at play and there's a lot of fear. What would people think? People think I'm crazy for leaving. Um, How would I make money? I had the the biggest financial year of my life in 2021. And it was also the most like grueling for me in business and like my sales leadership role. I was deeply unwell (laughs) and not many people knew that, but then it started to impact. Like I started to notice, like I wasn't, I wasn't as inspired to show up in the same way that I was. I was having a hard time waking up in the morning and getting out of bed. Um, And so I was like, man, this is starting to impact my team. And that's the last thing that I wanted to do. Like, I don't really care if it impacts me, but like this is impacting others now because I'm not showing up in my fullness and I'm not giving it my all because I'm not inspired and I'm not fulfilled. And, And I was trying, like turning every single stone to try to like find ways to reignite something in me. And then over time, I was like, I'm feeling deeply unwell, and this is not okay. And so I made, I actually made a couple claims that I would be leaving corporate within 2021, and those didn't happen. Like, that I would be like, okay, October, okay, December, and then that, that would roll by. And I remember, like, crying to friends, crying to my mom, crying to Jamin, Jen, and it was just so done. Um, but I couldn't pull the trigger. 
But that that moment of like coming to terms with the fact that I had reached burnout and like actually feeling the impact of that, of like, I am unwell and I can't keep doing this. I can't keep, you know, making this idea of success and like finances and um, money because that was a big factor for me, this sense of security and stability with my my salary. Um, I can't let this take away my like overall well-being and, and spirit and zest for life. And so it was actually in, to round it out, beginning of January 2022, I met with a bunch of my girlfriends to talk about our goals for the year and our intentions for the year. And I told the girls, I'm leaving corporate by April 1st. Hold me accountable to that. Like, I'm done. I'm done not being fulfilled and inspired by life anymore and what I'm doing. And it's time that I take a stand. And I'm also going to move to Columbia in, at that time. And I'm going to sell all my things. And I'm going to fulfill my dream of being nomadic and traveling the world. And I'm going to make it happen. It's, I'm going to let it happen. <laughs> and... um they're like, okay. And two weeks later, I got a ring from my director. <laughs> hey, can you show me on Zoom? I was like, okay. And she's like, great news. <laughs> she's wonderful. And I'm so grateful for this and like appreciative of the possibility of this. But she goes, yeah, we got approved a raise. Um, you'll get an extra $25,000 added to your salary effective April 1st. <laughs> and I was like, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> um, and it was in that moment that I, I just knew that that was a test. Oh yeah, how bad do you really want this new life? How much are you willing to let go of to step into it? And um, so about a week later, I put in my notice <laughs> I worked through a month and they asked me to stay a month and I said, okay, work through the month. My last day was March 1st and eight days later I had my bags packed and everything um, sold, given away or in my friend's attic <laughs> and um, <laughs> left to Columbia and the rest is history. <laughs> wow. <laughs> hmm. <sighs> So what did it feel like? Like what was what was the experience you had of getting on the plane to Colombia, having moved mm -hmm. through all of that? Liberating. Yeah. Like I was really proud of myself because I had moved through so much debate of whether or not I was going to actually make, make that decision and um, have the courage to say no. A lot of people are like um, – wow, that's so much to sacrifice, you know, giving up that job and the stability and the security in your home. I had a I have a beautiful community in Nashville that I was leaving behind too. And, um, but it, for me, it felt like more of a sacrifice to stay. Like I was sacrificing my zest for life, my well-being, um, my joy, and inspiration and fulfillment 
to stay. And so I decided there's no amount of money that's worth not living my life in the way that inspires me, in the way that makes tops me up. That doesn't mean that I don't experience challenges. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now I certainly do, but yeah, it's just it's just shifting priorities. Yeah, shifting priorities. So it felt really, yeah, liberating. I felt free. It felt unreal. Whoa. It's here, like what I dreamed of, like what I fantasized about for so many years. I mean, at that point, it was over a decade of dreaming about travel, but staying where I was because of this idea of success. Mm. So, yeah. I think the point you made there is really important and also Mm -hmm. the timeline of things because, Mm -hmm. you know, you you had that dream 10 years earlier and then you had like a couple of years worth of having these transformational experiences, yeah. having these dreams, these visions, and then not following through mm-hmm. and then having burnout and then working 60, 70, 80 hour weeks mm-hmm. and then still not making the choice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I think it's an important thing to to bring light to because for people that are in a situation like yours a few years back where they're, they're wanting this but they don't know how to get there, it's like be patient. And be patient with it, and and I think uh, I'd love to hear what advice you have for people on this as well. Because, you know, what would you say to someone that's in the seat you're in a few years ago, that's that's got the vision for this big bold future, that maybe writes this stuff down and has unworthiness come up, mm-hmm. or knows what they want but is just lacking that nudge or that push or that one last bit of courage to to like jump. Yeah. What would you say to someone that's in that position? <sighs> Mm. you'll know when it's time um, because it will be harder um, to hang on than it is to let go. And gosh, it's, it's so interesting because, you know, I could probably say trust your intuition and trust the knowing and take action and have courage because the reality is, is that I had the knowing and I had this dream and I, and I could have moved on it faster. I could have made that decision faster. But when I look back, I, I'm like, I needed to move through that. Like I, that's what was meant to happen. And that was, I believe what was meant to unfold was actually me going through the challenge and going through the crying moments and the breakdowns. And I mean, I, I was <sighs> crying a lot in my head a lot, but moving through it, like I say, getting there takes going there. Like don't bypass the hard work or the challenge or the butting up against yourself or the um, you know, meeting yourself in those moments of tr- struggle and pain. Like, don't bypass it. Like, you know, let's bring in Kilimanjaro. Like, the only way to get to the top of Kilimanjaro is to actually follow the path and poly poly, step by step, and navigate through it. And, like, you're going to run into challenges. You're going to r- face moments of feeling sick, feeling cold, feeling tired, feeling like I don't want to even take another step. How am I going to actually get there? And then when you get there, you're like, 
oh my gosh, that was amazing. And like, <laughs> and it makes the experience of like getting there so much more rich. And so I, I really truly believe that like trust in divine timing and trust what's unfolding for you because like even if it's painful, like move through it, allow yourself to move through it and be in it because getting there takes going there. And the it's the going there where you learn more about yourself and you grow and you start to develop trust. You know, I, I developed so much trust in my intuition because I spent so much time not trust, like not trusting my intuition. And now intuition is law for me. Like I, when I feel something and I intuit something, it's like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm leaning in more times than not now. And so I, I wouldn't change how it all unfolded for anything because it, it brought so much growth. So, um, but when you know, you'll know <laughs> when it's time, it's time. And then it's like, trust, have courage, have heart and move and take action. Hmm. And one question that I really love is like, what's the worst case scenario? <laughs> <laughs> what's the worst case scenario? Like if you really, and the, when I thought about it, I was like, oh, there's not really much bad that could happen to me. Like worst case scenario, doesn't work out with mountains and marathons. Um, I need to find another job and way to make money. Like I'm capable of that. Like, <laughs> yeah. Or in your case, I'm yeah. not top of the class. Oh, I'm not the top of the class. <laughs> yeah, that was actually a big part of my journey after making the decision is that I was an infant. <laughs> I was like in a whole new industry feeling like, I didn't know anything and I really struggled with that too. And there's so on the other side of the leap and the move, there's more, more things to go through to get to that next, next phase of like feeling on, on top again. Um, when you learn to crawl and walk and then eventually run and then sprint and then, um, and then you go through another transition, another transformation. Yeah. It's been a journey. Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and thank you for bringing that up because I think it's really easy to look maybe on and social media and like look at my life right now and like, oh, Jordan's in living in all these different places and, you know, doing this or doing that. And I do get people who reach out and say, do you even work? And I'm like, <laughs> what do you, how do you, how do you do what you're doing? And it can be perceived as like, oh, that was easy for her or that like just happened like that. And like the reality was it was like over the course of several years and moved through a lot. Um, so thank you for presencing that because I think it's really important for yeah. people who are going through it or in the middle yeah. of it. Exactly. And I think, I mean, that's what makes you such a great coach mm. for other people is you've, you've walked it, you've walked through it yourself. Like you're like, oh, I'm familiar with this stage of the journey when you go, oh, okay, yeah, you're at this part. Of, okay, cool. I've seen this. And also the knowledge that you have and, and I think the, the embodied wisdom mm. of, you know, I can't, I can't save you from mm. this. I'm actually, I'm here to hold your hand. I'm yeah. here to to witness. I'm here to to support. But like, you need to take the step, yeah. and you need to move through this. And you can only say that from the place that you can because that's exactly what how you went through it as well. And it's kind of like how this whole thing unfolds. Yeah. Um, I think the other thing you mentioned, which I think is important, is community. You know, it sounds like a catalyst for you was sitting down with your girlfriends and saying, I'm leaving. Yeah. Hold me to account on this. Yes. Yep. And you obviously, the universe did its thing and intervened and gave you the pay rise and you didn't take it. But I feel like the community element's really important and having people around you that 
uh, are there to actually hold you to account yeah. and they're that really care for you and and care for you so much that they will actually hold you to account even if you hate them for it yeah yeah, yeah thank you for bringing that up because I think it's the community aspect and also the power of claiming. There's a really powerful, like to claim your desires and to actually name it out loud, like, and make it a declaration. This is what I'm doing. That is powerful. You want to make things happen fast for yourself, like declare it and tell other people about it. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Which I know you know about. (laughs) My God, I'm just like head down because oh, like the, I, I fully feel that the 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 things that I have decided to claim in my life and I remember at the start of this year you know I said this is what I'm I, I remember sitting down in this cafe in Bondi writing down my vision for this year and this stuff is coming out of me similar to your vision I was just like it's just coming out of me and I'm getting goosebumps while I'm writing this I'm like holy fuck this is some big shit. And then at the bottom of the page, I've just written like, and I'm willing to let go of anything that is in the way of me moving towards this. And I closed my book and I had to physically push it away after about two hours. And I was just like, oh, (laughs) "Oh, man. Here we go. (laughs) What's this going to happen? And it has not disappointed. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I I relate to that as well. Mm. You know, the, the claiming... And, you know, I think this is another thing that I like that you, you brought up earlier. It's like we put, we put this stuff out there. You know, I've put that stuff out there. Mm. I, don't, I don't know how I'm going to get there. Yeah. I don't know what's going to happen. I, when I am trying to define it, then I lose the magic of, of possibility and being in the field of creation. Um, but also if the vision is that bold and that big, you have no idea how you're going to get there mm-hmm. because you've probably never gone there before, right? Yeah. So I think it's important for people listening as well. Like it's okay to have the big vision and not know how. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I read back the, we call it a manifesto, which is a declaration for your life. That's what we create in Align. It's the first step within Align is creating that inspired vision for your future. And when I read back on the what I wrote in 2019, I'm like, whoa, I'm living that life. But it wasn't specific. It was the essence of what I desired to feel and the connection that I had to the work I was doing, the people that I was surrounded by. It was really feeling-based. And so one of my favorite quotes is, decide how you want to feel and then build a life that supports that. And then I got really clear that how I was living was not how I wanted to feel. And so that's why I'm like, okay, I got to choose other things and go other routes. And it's really, we talk about cosmic breadcrumbs and following the breadcrumbs. It's like anything that, you know, what I would share to anyone listening is trust your curiosities. Trust the inspiration that's inside of you. Like what lights you up? What gets you excited? What gets your heart like, beating faster and um go there and even if it doesn't make sense because when i when i another quote i love is um who said this in the um steve jobs said this in a commencement speech you might heard of it but you can only connect the dots backwards and i love that because it's sometimes it's simply following the curiosities of 
Um, like for me, it was like I loved hiking. And when I moved to Tennessee, I started leading hikes quarterly for women who hike. Um, and I followed the curiosity to go get my yoga teacher certification. Like, I don't know what this, why I'm feeling called to do this, but I'm simply being called to do this and it lights me up and it's passion and I'm actually willing to do it for free. Um, (laughs) and now my job includes hiking and leading groups to climb mountains. And it also includes a lot of other things that I've, I've acquired over, over time in business and in life and in my, through my curiosities and through what excites me and through what moved me. I'm like, wow, like all of these little things that I've acquired and skill sets or, you know, passions, they have all served me in this new life that I've created for myself in this new, new role. So yes, like that's honestly, I think that's the ticket. <laughs> follow those curiosities, follow the breadcrumbs. Mm. Yeah. Beautifully said. Um, I've got to ask you another question because okay. there's a word that you use a lot. <laughs> And I, I've heard it a lot. We've been living together. Jamie uses it as well. It's definitely a mountains and marathons thing inspired. Mm. What's the big deal with living a life of being inspired? I've, I've heard it a lot. Mm-hmm. I've, I've got my own perspective, but I just so <laughs> want to hear yours. So, yeah, what's what's the big deal with it? And, and why is it? Why is it something that is so present if it is? Yeah, no, it's definitely present. It's definitely language that we use in mountains and marathons and something that I've adopted as like a way of moving in my life, like living inspired. Um, It actually, you know, really became most um, prominent for me after a conversation I had with Jamin when I had moved into, like I, I left corporate, started traveling, and I started getting a lot of messages from people within my communities back home um, of, oh, this is so inspiring. Oh, what you're doing is so inspiring. I wish I could. Um, And that word inspiring kept coming into my field. Like I was really grappling with receiving that. Like that's not what it's about. Like I'm not doing it to be inspiring. And I was really having a hard time receiving it. And so I chatted with Damon about it. I was like, why am I really struggling to receive this? Um, and he looks at me and he said, inspiring people are living inspired. And I was like, Okay. So basically all that is is like a reflection of like I'm out here, I'm living my life, I'm doing the things that are calling to me, that are lighting me up, that I'm I'm leaning into my my visions and my dreams and and I'm living inspired. Like I'm living through my curiosities and living through my passions. Um and that's when I'm like, yeah, so I'm a stand for living inspired. And I think anyone can live inspired. And it doesn't have to look like traveling full time and, you know, doing, doing what I'm doing. Like live inspired in a corporate environment. I did that for quite some time. Live inspired, you know, with whatever it is that moves you. And there's so many things that we can do in our lives and so many different passions and different curiosities or different interests. Or, And so I'm a stance for like living my most inspired life and also inspiring others to live theirs 
And so that's that's really what it comes from. And what it means is, yeah, you're moving from your heart's desires, um, not by the desires of like what you think your life should be or what you think others um, are going to accept. It's like, what would it look like to actually claim what you desire, what your truth is, and live from that? And not let, you know, oh, what's my mom going to think about this? Luckily, I have a mom who is so supportive and, <laughs> and so, you know, such a cheerleader for my life. So I'm really grateful for that. But, you know, what, what's family going to think about this? What's Uncle Bob going to think about this? You know, like, no, stripping that away and living from a space of truth. Like, what, what is my truth and what feels most aligned for me? That is living inspired. Um. I love it. <laughs> All right, last couple of questions and we're going to start to land the plane. Land the plane. <laughs> <laughs> um, a really simple one. W was it worth it? Fuck yes. <laughs> Is it worth it? Yes, a hundred times. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I wouldn't trade my life for anything. Mm -mm. Yeah. And not many people understand it. And there's some people that absolutely do. Um yeah, but I wouldn't trade it for a thing. <laughs> cool. And what is your parting words to anyone listening that is thinking about choosing another way? Mm. I love I love what you're doing here, by the way, with another way. I think it's really <laughs> special and so aligned with living inspired, living an aligned life. Um being courageous, um, not being afraid to go against the grain or live a life of your truth, um, no matter how like simple or grand or it is or misunderstood it is. Yeah. So really love that this is the this is what you're bringing to the world because it's really important. And this comes from it's actually part of my the very beginning of my journey in self-development. The woman who I went to the seminar with I was talking about earlier, she used to say, you already know and you get to choose. And in Align, you know, the concept of clarity, we believe that the truth, like clarity is already within us. And it's really about discovering and not necessarily uncovering the, <laughs> the clarity that's already inside of us. And so for anyone speaking who may be in a space of uncertainty or figuring out what's next or you're feeling unfulfilled in the life that you're living, uninspired, and you don't know where to go, remember that you know, you know, Deep down, you know the truth. Deep down, you have clarity. There's just some clouds covering it. And so start to lean in, start to quiet down the mind um, and surrender to the de desires that are, that are deep inside of you. And then from there, start to move, <laughs> start to take action, start to get curious Lean in to possibility. Lean in to what inspires you. Lean in to what, what's calling your heart. 
Beautiful. Yeah. So if anyone does want to come work with you yeah. or the team at Mountains and Marathons, <laughs> what's the best way they can do that? Where can they find you? If you're inspired to be in conversation with me or learn a little bit more about Mountains and Marathons, you can reach out to me directly. Um, I'm at Jordan and Davis on Instagram. You can find me there. You can also go to mountainsandmarathons.world slash Kilimanjaro24, which is our next aligned leadership program that enrolls enrolls soon. Awesome. <laughs> uh, I just want to say a big thank you. Yeah. Um, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for your wisdom. I love that uh, how much I got to learn throughout this chat as well and also just want to honor the choices that you've made yeah all the different barriers and challenges you moved through and um the the wisdom that you've earned from from the things that you've moved through i can feel it i can feel how embodied it is and yeah just appreciate the journey you've had to go through and chosen to go through <laughs> yeah. to get to this point to then be able to help other people you know back down and, and give them a hand up as well. So yeah, I just really want to honor you for that and honor you if you're inviting me into this experience in Africa as well. Oh, thank you so much. It was so fun to be a part of this conversation and um, I've loved getting to know your heart and your spirit and getting to witness you in the world. And um, I'm really excited about all that you're going to create with another way and who you're going to impact. It's really special to be in these conversations with you and mm. excited to see what comes of it mm. thanks uh last part and then mm. we're done where are you going next where am i like, going next? i'm sure you're traveling somewhere cool <laughs> what's happening yes um so i'm actually staying here in arusha for the next month which i'm really excited about um, it feels good to be here um, i love spacious mornings in tanzania um and the next is Spain. I'm going to be spending some time in Alicante, Spain. And um, I hope that's how you pronounce it. You'll find, you'll find out soon enough. <laughs> I'll find out soon <laughs> enough. Um, but I'm actually leaning into a really exciting new venture for me. Um, over the past year, I have been exploring the world of voice sound healing um, I used to sing quite often when I was a young girl and um, over time throughout my teenage years really lost that part of me. And, you know, when I sing, I really feel tapped into source. I really feel tapped into, um, yeah, this like divine energy. It flows through me. But I really struggled with this idea of being a singer or like archetype or a performer and so I, I shut that part of me down for years. And um, I found a woman when I was in Colombia last year who did a sound healing experience for me. And in that she sang and I, was, I started weeping as I was laying on the table with all these like bowls on top of me. And it was such a moving experience. And then um, long story short, I worked with her for a couple days after that um, to learn about the different aspects of voice sound healing. And it was this whole new world for me and leveraging voice as a means to heal and um, release um, uncomfortable emotions and release um, energetic blocks. And it's been 
a beautiful journey of exploration over the last year. And again, following the breadcrumbs and leaning into curiosities, I felt called to take it a step further and got on the interwebs and did some Googling and boom, I found a retreat, it's a two-week retreat in Spain to become a certified practitioner for vocal sound healing. And so that's what I'm going to be up to at the very beginning of September. And I'm really excited about it. And it feels super edgy. (laughs) (laughs) Super edgy. Um, Yeah. yeah, So stay tuned on that. Yeah. Yeah. And tonight we have planned an exchange, uh, which is one of my favorite things that I get to enjoy with my community as well and with you. So George is going to be taking me through a sound healing process tonight and I'm going to be teaching you the parts work as well. So. Yeah, good on you. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, and good on good for you. That's in Spain as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't that yeah. doesn't suck. <laughs> no, no. Um, okay, we're gonna wrap it up there. Thanks for coming on. Uh, definitely connect with Jordan on Instagram and Mountains and Marathons as well. The team's incredible, and um, yeah, we'll catch you guys in the next episode. All right, thank you. So fun. See ya. <laughs> See ya. <laughs>